0: we're
1: Hello, I'm not David Fraser and I'm not Paul Finney either, but this is definitely the QPR Podcast. Uh, uh, the three amigos uh, aren't with us tonight. Finney was going to be up until an hour ago, but apparently it's been murder at the florist today. Although he said on the plus side, business is booming, or should that be blooming? Um, that, we'll leave that as the last pun for the evening. Um, <laughs> so I'm joined tonight by a debutant and a second-timer. Um, but before we get started, reminder you can listen to the pod via iTunes, West 12 Media and Indy Ars. You can follow us on Twitter at QPRpod and Facebook is The QPR Podcast. Also, got a couple of announcements. The beers, um, big thanks to Bill Simpson for donating the beers tonight. Bill says there are five Rs going on a stag due to Germany on March the 17th, and they want us to be able to join in with the boozing. Can you give a shout out to the stag, Al Atwood, plus the, the other four Rs, me, Ali, Nick, and Russ? And they're all White Horse regulars, apparently. So good luck, lads, and hope you get through it okay. Uh, and also, the winners of the Ink Prince are Gerard G. J. Walsh. And Stuart Morley. So there we go. Okay well we'll start with uh, Alison Jameson. Hello. Hello who's making her second appearance on the podcast. Yep. So how's things with you?
2: All good. Thanks for having me back. No it's a Is pleasure. It? It's a pleasure.
1: And what have you been up to? Um,
2: work and football.
1: Work and football.
2: That's, that's about as, as, as exciting as it gets.
1: So are you a home and away person or mainly home?
2: Uh, mainly home. Um, I have been doing lesser ways this yeah. season. Actually, haven't done a single one. Right. Um, there is still time, uh, but yeah, I've been home this year.
1: Yeah, that's sort of a shame, really, because I mean, I haven't either. But we've been generally been doing better on the road than we have at home. Absolutely, we? Um, absolutely. But I'm sure that's about to change. You know, we've done all right the last few weeks, and uh, rather I'm at home on Saturday, we'll talk about that later. But you'd think think that should be a shoo-in, uh, but this is QPR. And we're also joined by Zell, who's making his podcast debut. Hello, hi. Now uh, you run a quite interesting site, don't you? QPR Archive. Archive.
3: I do. Yeah, QPR.archive on uh, on Instagram. It's a relatively new new project. Okay. Um, and what inspired you to start that? Up? Um, oh, good question. It's um, I've been supporting QPR since I was uh, since I was eight. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember when I started. That was the sort of glory years of. You know the Jerry Francis team finished fifth in the inaugural Premier League, and uh, I grew up in sort of southwest London. Uh, most of my friends were Wimbledon fans or Chelsea fans, but there was a sort of residual fondness <laughs> for QPR. I think it was a team that people liked to see do quite well, uh, and I sort of feel sort of we've just entered quite recently, really, um, we've begun to get that back. Actually, mm. like after the sort of circus boutique years. Um, and uh, I've personally started feeling much more fond of the team, the players again. I think it's sort of been heralded by Holloway, the badge, but it sort of suddenly feels like watching QPR again, to me, anyway. No, I, um, I totally
1: agree. I mean, Ali, I, I don't know what you think about that, but it seems to be on and off the pitch as well. I mean, on the pitch, all the players are sort of getting involved in the celebrations. They're, they all seem to be a quite happy bunch at the moment.
2: Yeah there there definitely seems to be a much much better buzz on and off the pitch. Um like you said, you know, how many times recently in recent years have you seen a goal celebrated by the entire team with the biggest mm. bundle you've ever seen mm. I mean it is really lovely to watch um, uh, that's after some really attractive football and, and everybody seems to have a buzz again it's lovely
3: it just wouldn't have happened with like, Pascal Chimbonda no. in the team <laughs> like, <laughs> well, fundamentally
1: I think that's the key isn't it in a way of slowly but surely getting rid of some of these big earners and uh, i, I the bad eggs, if you like, as Joey Barton called them. Well, that's exactly
3: it. And I sort of feel like actually we've only really just hit that sort of watershed. But suddenly now we've kind of got, if you look at it, we've got like a shirt that looks like a QPR shirt. We've got, I sort of love seeing Holloway and um, Bertram in the dugout. Because actually there's like this sort of red, not red, there's like this like thread actually. Where, you know, Holloway, well Bertram played under the Holloway, the last Holloway team. Holloway played under Francis. Um, you know, Francis played in the great side. Of sort of seventies with you know Venables, he had his team played mm-hmm. under Les Allen. He was in the team that won the Cup, and suddenly you've mm-hmm. actually got a bit of a kind of family tree that's continuing. And
1: you've got obviously got, obviously got Sinton as well. Well, oh, yeah, and, and Ferdinand upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Furlong. Um, yeah, exactly.
3: And it sort of feels like a proper club again, rather than this, like I say, this like circus for people who are just sort of managing the decline of their professional footballing careers.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that thread really was broken when uh, we, we had the lights of Briatore in, and it was yeah. just you know it, it went from everybody knowing everybody everybody had something to do with the club whether they be a player a manager a coach or just a regular fan you know we all knew someone we knew, all knew each other and then when all of this boutique club <laughs> stuff started happening it kind of it kind of lost its soul a little bit and it kind of feels like, it, yes, it's been a long road to get back there, but it feels like we are going back in that direction. Yeah,
3: completely. And that's, and that's exactly actually why I kind of... And it's not, like, this is, it's not like a big or fancy thing, but it's just all it is is like a kind of, you know, pictorial, like, scrapbook of QPR's history and character and, like, some of the personalities and moments that have gone into making that. Uh, and some of them are, like, you know, quite silly. Um, but, like I say, there's, like, a fondness and a warmth that I think... People have for QPR that was lost.
1: Yeah, I mean, bit by bit, that's, that whole era has been dismantled, hasn't it? Apart from the comfy seats and the blankets and, and <laughs> in place of the season ticket holders who've been there for years, which yeah. was pretty low. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the only good thing to come out of that era, really, was the four-year plan film. Because, <laughs> I mean, probably one of the best football films that's ever been made at the expense of, uh, of our club, of course.
0: Yeah, but, um,
3: that, but that was exactly it. You know, we were a stock. Yeah, um, and it'd gone so quickly from actually being a, like I say a team and a club and a place that people were the football community at large I think was actually quite fond of and we sort of punched above our weight in terms of contributing to like the you know, football fabric of the country
1: yeah well so moving on to the present day and Leeds um, by all accounts I wasn't at the game um, but I've, I've read all the reports I've spoken to people who've been there and mm. we were quite unlucky not to get a win there
3: certainly sounds like it i was sort of interested to see the um the stats after the game that you know we had relatively little possession i think it was 37% but leeds didn't have a single Shot on goal, but on then, target rather.
1: But then against Fulham, when we, you know, we played, we, we played a decent game against them. I think we had, yeah, I don't know, very low anyway. <clears Then throat> Reading, we had twenty eight percent. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I don't think the possession you can read that much into. No, them I think, but things. I think that's heartening. I
3: think that's a you know, team on the road playing quite smart and yeah. being quite steely and blunting a home team's edge exactly as we did at Reading.
1: Well, there was a guy on the, I think it's called the Optimistic QPR Facebook page. Um, <laughs> apologies. Yeah, it, it, it's quite funny because it's called the Optimistic QPR page and it's always full of people uh, being very <laughs> pessimistic. But, uh, and then the optimistic people warned, reminded them that it is an optimistic site. Anyway, it's quite fun. But there's a Leeds fan went on there, um, said, very good performance today. I was in the South Stand next to the away fans. And to be honest, even though you only bought 700, you were very loud was disgusted with our performance today and we were second best for the majority. So I'm saying a very good point. Good luck for the rest of the season. So I think, you know, you can have all the just backs and, or, or, and you know, twist the highlights to your advantage. But when you've got a Leeds fan saying we outplayed them, mm. then they were lucky to get a point. And I think that tells a story.
2: Yeah. And I think if you if you look at our recent form and how we had that terrible run of losses mm. and it just got darker and darker and everyone's getting grumpy and frustrated again. And we're going further and further down the table, not forgetting that the championship is, you know, six, seven points between... Eight teams. Okay, we, we have to keep that in mind. I get that, but as we were getting further and further down, you're you're seriously looking over your shoulder, going, "This this could actually." We 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 just wanted another year of consolidation, yeah. really, and this could go really badly wrong. Mm. And um and under Ollie and Bircham as well, that's just awful. But you know, it could happen. And then just for it to turn around like that and to go to Ellen Road and get a, a draw is just it's brilliant. You know, from where we were a couple of months ago you couldn't have seen that coming and no. you know it's really heartening to see it yeah
1: I mean I'm guessing it, it was just a case of Ollie and Birch finding their feet yeah. the team finding their feet because obviously it's a completely different way and a style of management under Hasselbank mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, try, and some of the players didn't want Hasselbank to go either so mm. it must it must be quite difficult to try and suddenly you know you've got this mad Bristolian coming mm. and waving his arms so <laughs> yeah, right. half of them never heard of you know um, because I think that's died in the wall QPR fans we just assume that everyone knows Holloway but but really outside of this country it's probably mm. not that well known um, but yeah you're right after that sixth game we are just thinking yeah, so where's this going to come from
3: yeah I thought it was a great, great result mm. really really did I think it's that you know especially away it's that kind of allardyce uh, sort of truism of respecting the point but it was also you have to.
1: sorry I mean again I'm sort of relying on others a little but I mean I've seen some of the highlights as well we also played a, a, some really nice football. And against Barnsley, I think Holloway said that was our best performance of the season. Yeah. Mm. And I thought that we played some really nice stuff then. Um, we had Silla back in the team. and mm. Different personnel out, I think. Uh, but Washington wasn't playing. Um, mm. But um, I, I thought that basically, once we had Smith back in the side, we'd probably go back to to, to a little bit of Route 1, if you like. But mm. by all accounts, that wasn't the case on we, Saturday.
3: Yeah, I think it was, and we certainly had the better of the chances. Yeah. And Green had to make... A few good saves, didn't he?
1: Yeah. So I was going to ask you guys what you think of Darnell Furlong because I've liked him since since he came in, and, and I've, I've said this before, but I thought it was a bit of a bum deal. He got you know he's trying to mark Sanchez uh, against Arsenal, <laughs> and then um, in Palace the next game he was run ragged as well, and after that he sort of disappeared from the pictures, loaned to Northampton, very mm-hmm. um, and Swindon. Um, but I think since he's been back, he's been he's been getting better every game, and I would have him as my first choice right back. Over Perch,
3: I like him personally, um, but I think it's always you know you kind of want to like the the players who come through the system. You want them to do well, which I think is important. Actually, you know, not not to be overlooked in terms of the spirit of the team. I do think if you're playing him, I think he is a little bit flimsier defensively yeah. than some of the other options. Uh, not that I hugely care for Perch actually, but I, I quite like having you know if you've got him and Bidwell, let's say, mm. actually that they kind of balance each other out. I didn't you could have two furlongs. one either fullback I think that would be kind of overdoing it but I'd I'd like to see him in the team
1: Yeah I mean I think the thing is now now we're not looking over our shoulders so much I think he can get a run now Um, and he is the thing with him I like I mean he's very good going forward I mean he does need to tighten up a bit more at the back but then that's going to come with experience Mm. but he's got a prodigious leap on him as well Yeah a bit like Sales almost if you like I, I just wonder whether he'll do a Gareth Bale I'm not saying he's in the same class and be Moved up further along in his career.
2: I think, um, yeah, I think he's just... is exactly what we're looking for, isn't he, really? Comes up through the system. He's young. He's been sent out on loan a few times. And, you know, he's come back. And and actually, you can see from week to week that he is thinking about his game and he is being given the time to do what he needs to do in his position. And he's learning every week. And, you know, he, he is a hell of a lot stronger than he was... At the beginning, so mm. you know, it's I think it's been a really good season for him. Mm. And
1: what did you make of Ollie's comment that we're not flitty farty? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. I
2: thought it was great. It's uh, it's nice to have Ollie back again with his uh, little one liners, isn't it? Yeah, and just a little bit of a giggle now and then, and you kind of go, Oh, Ollie.
1: But, but it's behind the sort of um, you know the comedy quotes. There's a there's a, there's a bit of truth in that. Yeah, we have yeah. got a lot more steel recently. Somebody said that we've got the most bookings in the division this season. I don't know if that's correct. Yeah, something yeah. to be proud of. <laughs> well, I mean, yes and no. no mean, it t- it
3: tells you it tells a story about tells, the yeah. about the team. You know, kind of think about like that. You know, the the great first Wenger team, the most successful team that he had was also the one that I'm sure, I would imagine. Almost certainly had the, the worst discipline. If you think of all the like yellows and reds that Vieiras and uh, Patiws would accumulate, and I think there's a you know that, that's a mentality, isn't it, that these players are tough and don't want to get beaten.
1: Yeah, and another another player who um, had his best game of the season uh, against Leeds, uh, Nedim got man of the match mm. from mm, other people, yeah. um, and we've sort of been champion of his for. For a long time, just because we mm. thought he was getting a bit yeah. too much uh, unfair stick. So it's nice to see him come through that. And, uh, yeah,
2: delight, delighted delighted for, for Ned Manua. He uh, yeah, he has got a lot of stick, especially being made captain and all of that. And, you know, he, he did get a lot of stick. And a lot of people said he wasn't loud enough and he wasn't quick enough when he was played out wide. And then when he was in the middle, he wasn't, you know, he wouldn't stand up enough. And actually, he... It, that it goes to show that it's not. It, sometimes it's not just about the player and the mentality of the player and everything else. Sometimes it can be, if you've got the right manager and the right coach and the right people around you and the right attitude, mm-hmm. anybody can make their game better. And he proved by getting man in the match on Saturday that you know it, it, even even good old Ned can <laughs> can, uh, can stop good stop. Old Ned. Yeah, yeah.
3: I thought. Um, I really enjoyed hearing what uh, Connor Washington said about when Under. he came on here. Yeah, yeah. it was fantastic yeah. to hear that kind of side of it. The you know we all see you know we see the ninety minutes mm. maybe yeah. uh, on a Saturday uh, of what happens on the pitch, but actually hearing about what he's doing in the role of captain mm. uh, off the pitch, which is arguably you know as important if not more important. Mm. I thought was fascinating, and he's also one of the only was the only player with real Premier League experience, I suppose that we have in the squad. Yeah,
1: I and mean, another thing, Connor was saying as well that they um, they organise nights out between them, and as we just sort of alluded to earlier, you know, on the on the pitch they're together, and I don't think that's an act. They seem to be, yeah. they, they seem to mm. be, you know, they're not in each other's pockets, but um, they seem to enjoy each other's company.
2: Mm. I think, I think, you know, one of those. I, I, I don't know. I, so I sit in our block, and because we've only got the one set of stairs instead of the two, it takes forever to get out, and quite often. My brother and I we we sit together we we just sit back and you know we we'll watch the watch the team go off and everyone's leaving and we've got to take ages to get out of the club. So we sit there and we just watch what goes on and something that we discussed the other week was that when the players are going off now they come round and they do their clap and everything else. And a lot more of them that do it now it's 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 nice but one thing we did notice was that they discussed the game between each like it's like the whistle goes and they can't wait to say oh that cross was brilliant or that shot was excellent you know you can see them bouncing off each other and talking to each other all the time after after the whistle's blown which hmm. is you know again going back to a bit more togetherness
3: well i think i mean going back to what we were saying earlier we've kind of you know finally written off the last of those sort of overpaid aging stars and you've got actually a group of young guys who are on a trajectory together yeah. like they're all ambitious they're all building their careers this is for most of them as high a level as they've ever played at mm-hmm. um, and they've got a lot at stake in, the, in terms of their career and if you get if you, it seems that we're managing to blend all of those individual kind of personal motivations and journeys that they're on yeah. with a kind of a, uh, an ambition for the team as a whole which I think is you know really actually like if, if it comes off like masterful yeah. management and recruitment yeah
1: yeah Um, Okay, we're going to move away from um, stuff on the field now, and um, this Saturday, March the 18th, uh, myself and Ali, uh, amongst several others, will be walking from the training ground at Harlington to Loftus Road to raise money for the Tiger Cubs, which, if you don't know, is QPR's team for children with Down syndrome. This is our eighth walk, uh, during which time we've raised £75,000 and earned a few wins on the way as well, so hopefully that will be uh, continuing on Saturday. Um, so when the idea came it sort of after an ex-BBC colleague of mine James Doe uh, saw an article I'd written uh, about the, the Tiger Cubs and um, he just he came up with the idea that we could do with raising them some cash so um, we had a couple of meetings with Andy Evans and Fiona Hodgson from the Community Trust um, and Andy who and his team does some brilliant work they, they, they took it on um, and we're going to speak to him right now hopefully Hi Andy, how are you? I'm well, good evening Nice, to, nice to hear your voice. Um, looking forward to the walk on Saturday.
0: Of course, I can't believe we're uh, about to embark on Tiger Feet Eight. I haven't seen that long ago when we sat down with uh, James to discuss uh, the idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just sort of m- mentioned briefly how it came about. Um yeah James can't make it this year unfortunately, but yeah i, I think I, I don't even think I had any gray hairs when it first started out, so it shows it was a long time ago um so i've just we raised seventy five thousand pounds so far in the last seven walks um so can you give us an idea of what the money is sort of being used for?
0: Well, tiger fee was so it was it, when we started it was basically to make sure we could continue. Uh, the work with children with Down syndrome. Um, and that that whole project has, has grown year on year. So all the money that's raised goes to support all the activities that we deliver for not just children with Down syndrome, but young adults now, because some of the uh, participants have been with us for, for a number of years. So we're now providing programs for, for for those who are a little bit older now as well. And it covers the funds go to all, you know, it's, it's the basic stuff. It's venues, staff, kit and equipment, um, and also, uh, for the odd trip to tournaments and stuff like that. So all the, all the usual costs that you know, sort of, um, you know, to cover the, the running of, of a project.
1: Yeah. I'm, I've been to one of those tournaments. Uh, I, I, it was great. I think we, I, <laughs> I do you remember, we scored a goal and, uh, they're all so happy and busy celebrating that the other team went up the other end and <laughs> that's
0: but, right I think we also got goal of the I think we got goal of the season once as well oh did we yeah, yeah one of the boys got the best goal fantastic which I think was captured on film
1: yeah I mean they're all they're all great kids I've sort of had the pleasure of you know walking what they normally do like the last couple of miles and, and, and they really enjoy it you get, and it's so good for their development and their well-being
0: yeah, I mean, you know, the feedback we've had over the years from the parents, you know, that it's it's a unique project and, you know, it's enabled their children to develop all sorts of skills, uh, both practical and, and personal, you know, whether that's from building their communication skills, um, to, to gaining more confidence or, you know, just um becoming physically more active, you know, and that in, in a nutshell that is what we're trying to do with with, with the uh, the sessions and the and the programs that we've got on,
1: and also it's important for the parents as well because um, I suppose you know they get a chance to meet up and and, and have a chat about what's going on.
0: Yeah, um, you know, it's almost it provides an opportunity while while the kids are in with our staff going through through the uh, the training. You know, it gives those parents a chance to you know share their problems and support each other. Uh, cuz you know i'm i'm sure they're all experiencing similar challenges
2: hi andy it's alison here um i just wanted to ask you um aside from aside from the tiger cubs um a little bit more about what uh the community trust does in the local area for um for the residents um i, I understand that you do more than it, it's more than just football it's um it's everything from um stop smoking sessions and um being involved with the mental health football clubs and things like that and um, recently last week we had um James Castling who was working with the community yeah. trust he was he was actually um he was on uh, Victoria Derbyshire's program and he was talking about the amazing work that you guys do to support Uh, People with mental health issues. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, James's appearance on on national TV was, you know, we met James uh, a few years ago now when he was actually sectioned uh, after trying to commit suicide. And uh, it was an incredibly brave thing that James did last week by, you know, sharing his story uh, with the nation. And, um, James was actually in the club this afternoon, and he, you know, it's been a bit of a whirlwind for him. He, he, uh, you know, he had over like six hundred di- direct messages uh, after oh. his appearance, so he found it a little bit. Um, he found it a little bit overwhelming mm. uh, this week. So we've, 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 we've had him in today and, and have been supporting him on how he's going to handle uh, his, his newfound fame, if you like. Um, but yeah, you're right. We, you know, we. We, we deal with a whole different range of um, young people. Um, you know, in James's case, it was through our Healthy Kickers programme, which is a programme for young people suffering with mental health issues. And for us, you know, football is just the the tool to engage with young people like James. Once we've got them involved in, in the game and playing and, and attending regularly, then that leads to one-to-one support and, and mentoring to you know, ensure that they can continue to develop and fulfil their potential. And we've got an incredible, um, you know, staff, in, staff who perform that role every day, you know, throughout throughout the whole year. Um, we get a number of referrals from agencies, um, from, from mental health. We get referrals from the youth offending team, social services and the police. Uh, currently, we've got 44 uh, referral cases that we're that we're working on which you know provides one-to-one support for individuals like James and you know it, it, it's using football the, the brand of QPR um, and the you know the power of the badge to to initially engage with with young people and then you know hopefully through that they can then you know take some positive steps forward.
2: I know that's something that we're all extremely proud of, and um, you guys are, you should be commended for the work that you've done. It's absolutely outstanding. And also, I'm, gl- I'm really glad to hear that there's something called the Extra Time Club. So when I'm over 60, I can come down to the club and do a few exercises, which is absolutely lovely. <laughs> you know,
0: the, the young the youngest person the youngest person we work with is four years of age on our, on our mini toddlers. And the oldest person we work with is a gentleman called Peter, who's 89, who comes to that very uh, extra time club you're you're referring to. So, yeah, we're trying to uh, ensure that all members of the local community around Loftus Road, you know, can have a meaningful interaction with the club.
3: Hello, Andy, it's Dan here. Um, Firstly, I just want to say um, thank you, congratulations, for doing something that I think... Everyone who supports QPR is, uh, or can be very proud of. Uh, and I remember, I think it must have probably been the first time that the Tiger Feet team came to Loftus Road. It's like 2009, we were playing Barnsley at home. I think we won like 4 or 5-2, Jim Magilton. And it was single-handedly one of the best things I've ever seen when the team came on at half-time. And one of the kids who was yeah. in the team scored a goal And he ended up running around the whole pitch, doing like back flips, front flips, giving it the full kind of Hulk Hogan uh, to the crowd. And it was, it was honestly—I
0: think you're referring to Francis.
3: Yeah, it it, it was honestly one of the best things I've ever seen. um, Not even just at Loftus Road, but in football, it it was such a positive thing. You know, home fans, away fans, everyone getting behind it. Um, I suppose my question is, um, what? Yeah, what next? It's been such a success. What um, what what does the future hold for uh, for the sort of community project?
0: Well, I think for us, you know, we we've we've grown very we've we've grown year on year since we became a charity in two thousand and nine. So, um, we saw twenty two thousand individual people last year, and we're now up to thirty full time staff. We're having to uh, rip the rip the walls down in the office next week uh, to make space for everybody. So, <laughs> we're continuing to grow. But just as importantly as growing, it's making sure that we retain, you know, the quality of the work that we're delivering on the ground. Um, you know, the big, the, the big, the exciting uh, future for us is, you know, working closely with a club on Warren Farm, uh, which will for the first time give us actual sports facilities of our own to work out of, uh, to deliver to the local community. And also, you know, we've got some exciting, uh plans and ideas that hopefully we could implement in a new community stadium over at Linford Christie. So very early stages on, on both projects, but you know, have meaning that the trust can play a vital role in those new facilities to make sure that, you know, it's accessible to, to all, the, all the people that will be in and around those two developments. Um, so for us in terms of big, big projects in the future, uh, they're, they're what we have sort of got one eye on, and for us, you know, it's it's co- just continuing to make sure that you know we're delivering the sort of quality of work that was reflected in the journey James made. Um, you know, when he was on on TV the other day, you know, if we can make sure that uh, all young people who are interacting with us, you know, can can fulfil their potential, then you know we feel like we're making a difference there.
1: Andy, I mean, you, you just mentioned Warren Farm and Lympha Christie there. I, I don't know how much you're involved with that. Do you, are, are they sort of, you know, moving forward? Is there definitely, I mean, I know the Warren Farm thing's a bit further forward, but the Linford Christie, is that, is that still in its infancy?
0: It is very much in its infancy, but, you know, just internally within the Trust, you know, we find it quite challenging at Loftus Road to deliver you know, we could, in in a more purpose-built space, we could do more. Um, You know, we we try and use Lofted Road as best we can, um, but, you know, if you can imagine, if if we were going to a purpose-built new space, you know, we could do so much more, whether that's, you know, contributing to education, health, or, you know, just general inclusion and, and raising participation in sport, you know, going into a a purpose built space could could make a, a huge difference
1: and, ju- and just uh, just about you you're probably uh, i hate to use the word old but um you're probably one of the last of the old guard left uh, when when flabio and bernie swept in um a lot of people went but you sort of you sort of stayed strong and for me personally i mean th- when we were in our darkest period the community trust was the only constant that gave us something to be proud of but um uh, how are you finding it now under ollie and uh, and birch
0: Oh, it's it's great you know it's um it does feel like qPR again um you know and I think all the senior management team you know it goes from the very top with the owners you know we just in terms of tiger fee um eight on saturday we've you might have noticed our uh, our fundraising got a bit of a spike today we we took uh two thousand Yeah, there was a £2,000 donation from the players Mm -hmm. and also a £1,000 donation from Tony Fernandez. Brilliant. So, you know, and from the owners, Ruben, uh, Ruben Ganalingam has has joined the board of trustees at QPR in the community trust. Lee Hoos has been brilliant since he arrived in terms of support and what we do at the trust. And then you've got the likes of Les, Les and Andy Sinton, what with uh, Ollie and Birch, you know, it really does feel like QPR again. And during all those years, you know, previous, you know, we on the trust, we just tried to be true to the values of the club, which are all about, you know, being a community based club, um, that, you know, is a family club and is welcoming. And we tried to, we tried to, you know, keep those values uh, throughout, throughout the time on on the trust side of things.
1: Yeah, I mean that, that's wait. Well, you didn't just try, mate. You you very much succeeded after what I just said earlier. And I know you're you're far too much of a gentleman to uh, put the knife into Breatorian and, and and Eccleston. But can we just say that, it, that, that, that things are are slightly different than they were back then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just on that. Um, <laughs> you' you you know you're probably one of the the, the few q p r fans um amongst the sort of um in, in the top brass if you like like proper qPR fans who've been since boyhood um I just wanted to know when you're in the boardroom uh, an away game or whatever or even at home, how difficult it is is it to restrain yourself when we score a goal
0: Listen, i, I spent my time at away games controlling Andy finton <laughs> 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 he's 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 up and down, and uh, yeah, he. Uh, no, do you know what? It's um, you know it, it, it's it's good to. You can obviously you can't go absolutely crazy, but uh, you you are allowed to enjoy enjoy the goals and whatnot. Um, and you know we we certainly we certainly started to enjoy our away games a little bit more than we have done uh, in recent times, and you know. I'm sure you'll agree the team at the minute are starting to, you know, it's really entertaining to watch and, you know, it's, it's enjoyable at the minute.
1: Yeah, well, we were just saying. Um, I mean, we weren't at the Leeds game. I, I take it you, you you were at the Leeds game, were you? Yeah, um, yeah. So you're better placed to say. I mean, we 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 were unlucky not to come away with that. That's the first point. To come away with the three points and the second point was that the spirit among the players is just second to none at the moment.
0: Yeah, you notice when we score, every single player is involved in the celebration, and you know those on the bench are enjoying the success. You know, even though they're not starting, and um, we we were certainly the better side up in the, up at Leeds. And um, I'm always I'm, I'm always grateful for a point away from home, but I felt on Saturday we probably uh, could have we probably deserved to have taken all three backwards.
1: Yeah. Um, and just before we go, I mean, as I say, you be, When was your first QPR game? If you uh, wouldn't mind sharing that. With us. Uh, I
0: went my very first game. I, my dad informed me I was four years of age, and it was against Norwich City in 1972. Wow. That was my first game.
1: Wow! Um, um, not that I can remember anything about. It, <laughs> man, I slept through the whole second half. <laughs> And, and of all the players you've seen um, over the years, uh, would you be able to pick out one, or if not, maybe a couple that stand out for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, um, I was talking with Andy Sinton about this, and they had the pleasure of actually being in a team with him. I, I didn't realise how good a footballer Ray Wilkins was until he arrived at QPR towards the end of his career. You know, in terms of Just, you know, he was was incredible. Just a beautiful footballer and uh, a real gentleman as well. Um, And, you know, it's really difficult, um, you know, during that period and having Les back at the club now, you know, Les Les was always one of my favourites, you know, scoring 20 goals every year that, that he was with us. So, Wayne Wilkins and Les from that era. And then in more recent times, you know, I think the... Under the uh, under Ollie's team, you know when uh, he was managing the first time round you know there were some there were some uh, great characters in that team as well, and again that sort of togetherness. So, um, but for me, Ray, Ray Wilkins was way up there in terms of a you know a quality footballer, and, and Les for his, for his finishing.
1: Nice one. We can't disagree with that, really. They're both great players. Um, well, listen, Andy, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for taking time to talk to us. Uh, I'll let you get back to the FA Cup game now. Um,
0: and Guess who I'm supporting? Tonight? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Guess who we're all supporting? Yeah. Not often we're Man United fans, but there you go. Um, I should look forward to seeing you Saturday, mate. And um, yeah, you take care. And thanks again for all the brilliant work you're doing.
0: No, thank you for giving me the opportunity tonight. And see you on Saturday. Looking forward to a big day.
1: Will do, mate. Take care. Sure. Ah, what a what a man!
3: Fantastic.
2: He's awesome, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's so lovely and you know he's, he has so much on his plate yeah so many so many different things going on and yet you know when you see him he remembers your name yeah. he knows who you are gives you a hug and asks you how you are and you know he's just a lovely lovely guy yeah
3: and there's things like that that mean that it's a club actually rather than a business yeah uh, I think it's easy to sort of forget even if you don't see it it's stuff like that where you know the entity of QPR is actually engaging for the greater good of the community yeah. um that retains that kind of spirit yeah i love it no,
1: he's he's missed the QPR for me, really. As I said, there, he's he's you know he's been at the club through thick and thin, and, and mm. they were just getting you know people just disappearing. You know, like, I, I don't mean disappearing under the
2: pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah.
1: but he sort of stuck it out and, and, and rode it out, and like, like he just said then, they they you know they basically retained the only bit of identity mm. QPR had, as you mentioned earlier on. The rest of it was just ripped out, really. Um, so I think, thanks, Andy, just, yeah, really, to, for, for keeping that going and, and, and um, making QPR a better place. Uh, it's interesting what you mentioned, the stadium and the, and the, and the training ground. Uh, the training ground seems to have been dragging on for, well, it hasn't been for about two yeah. years
2: now. Yeah, it's been, it's been going on for a while, Warren Farm. Um,
1: wasn't, there one, wasn't there one resident who was yeah, standing <laughs> in the way or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, Camped out there every <laughs> night with a placard
2: is it's it's, it's, diffi- it's a difficult one isn't it because uh, there's there's different people wanting different things and you know i don't think that i don't think the Save on farm group are sp- specifically against the club it's not it's got nothing to do with qPR um i think it's got everything to do with the council um and you know um I, I hope that we can come to some kind of a happy medium where we can all actually get on and and you know if if you look at if you look at what, what Andy said was that, you know, a move there can, can enable them to do so much more, so much, be- not better work, but so much more intense work, following on from all the incredible stuff that they already do. Um, and actually, to enable them to do a better job will enrich all of the communities around that area so much more. Um, and actually, as a club, as a community trust with the club, we've got so much to offer um, that it would be such a great thing to happen not only for the club, obviously we need it but, but for the community as well
1: Yeah. Mm. And, and where do you both stand on the new stadium um, in, in terms of leaving Loftus Road I mean it's obviously going to be a massive wrench but I mean I've been, you know as I'm sure you have, like in, right around Loftus Road mm. and there literally is no room to put anything else no. in there now and you know, I'm only five foot nothing but I went to the South Africa Road end the, the other week um, and and even I was felt my legs were were, were cramping up. Um, so uh, logistically, you think it, we probably do need one. But
3: yeah, I mean, I think it's the worst thing that could, that could happen. I think is if you move to a stadium and you can't fill it. Mm. So I'm. I mean, I'm. What I'm sort of scratching around for in my head is like almost like an example of another club that's really nailed it. Like really nailed it. And you see so many clubs kind of move and it's sort of. Swarai right, right, you know, or West Ham yeah actually that's a good example but then Brighton is, you know, it is a oh, yeah. such a big catchment area yeah. but yeah it's a good example actually of how you know they, they didn't overbuild no. um, and they built it kind of sensitive to like the broader needs of, of the club and the community um, so that would do very nicely but um, it sort of feels like it's something I that will take years <laughs> I struggle yeah. with change I struggle with change yeah I'm sort of the same, I'm, sort
2: of the same. I, I'm, I'm with you Chris though I mean I'm five foot six and even, even I get squished and you know I, 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 as Look, we, there's no doubt that we, we need something to happen, but uh, I, I really only have two gripes with the ground, personally. The first one being that the family stand shouldn't be where the family stand is now. It yeah. just doesn't mm. work. We've yeah. lost so much atmosphere. Um, and the second one eludes me. I've lost it. That's <laughs> all right. We um,
1: lose it at, at, at times. Um, I mean, I sit in the family stand. I mean, I, I've been in the low loft before. It was even the family stand then. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. Um, I mean, particularly on weekday nights, you notice it. Because oh, obviously sad. none of the kids there. I've, I've said before on the podcast, you know, is there any way they can, on weeknights, you can, you can give, your, give your kids ticket to a mate, you know, or, 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 or something like that. Yeah. To I've got it.
2: the other one. It's come back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the other one is the away fans. Mm. What an advantage. Well, if, you've the got, if you've got mm. a big enough following, top and bottom... Yeah. That's, that, they're so I was, loud I was going to say actually do, you do think... not stick them somewhere in the corner I remember going to Man United away a few seasons ago um, and we went 1-0 up yeah. we got first blood but they put you right in the corner
3: yeah.
2: right like from skinny out to fat like in an inverted triangle and you, you shout as loud as you can, but you can't really hear you. You know, it's, but it, and it's great because they've got the entire stadium.
1: But then the flip side to that is that when we do when we do have a full house, it sort of jeez up the home fans to mm. get going. That's, a bit. That's what I've found. Um... Uh, do, I mean, do you think uh,
3: do you think there's any kind of implications on the players? Because presumably, if you are a Man U player or you know play for whoever top top tier side in a brand new stadium with amazing facilities, and then you end up at Loftus Road. <laughs> I wonder, like, yeah. you know, it's a kind of maybe not quite as much as Arsenal going well, to Well, out to
1: Chelsea, Sutton. didn't they, when they came yeah. up? Yeah, well,
3: exactly. I wonder if there's, you know, it, it's something that we could turn, we can, and probably have turned to our advantage, actually, on the pitch. Yeah. To the, like, the, the slight lack of comfort and the, like, claustrophobic yeah. nature mm. of the stadium, which I think would be impossible to retain in a new that's, ground. That's,
2: that's the big worry. Yeah. That's the big Definitely. worry, is if you move, not only are you moving from your spiritual home... <laughs> But you're also running the risk of losing everything that made it a spiritual home, um, and you know part of that is, is yeah. Oh God, well, no one really
1: wants to leave, do they? I mean, not God, really. Well, well, enough of the thought. <laughs> well, I mean, but if we if we had the same sort of personnel, if and when we did move, like we've got now, mm. like Ian Holloway, Mark Birch, and Andy Sinton, who can't keep quite away games, uh, <laughs> and Andy Evans, let's and for all those all those sort of people with keep QPR connection. Yeah they will all understand the importance of, yeah. of, of Loftus Road yeah. and I, I think mm. with them working rather than you know, I think Briatore and Equity imagine what sort of stadium they are well that, I know. think that's
3: the thing actually I think you need for want of a better term like football people and people who understand what makes the atmosphere at the club special um, to be really involved in, in actually creating the, the solution I think it seems they're doing a good job of it at, um, at Tottenham it Tottenham. be interesting to see how that works out yeah um, apart from that weird one-way glass room that looks onto the tunnel, uh, have you heard about this? No. no. They've got they have <laughs> in like advanced plans for the uh, the stadium that they released. I think about a month ago they they showed there was a one-way mirror uh, that VIP guests could look through into the tunnel mm-hmm. and see the players coming out. So they're like standing next to the players, mm-hmm. which I think would be really really sinister actually. Yeah, yeah I'm, <laughs> very unnerving.
1: Okay, well, uh, amazingly, we've reached the hour's end. Uh, Even without um, Finney um, uh, and David Fraser and everyone else, we've had quite a lot to talk about um, and a brilliant guest to boot. So anything we haven't talked about so far you would like to talk about, now is your chance.
2: Shall I go first? I'll go first. (laughs) All right, I'll go first. I have two in good Paul Finney style. (laughs) style. Um, The first one is um, good old Clint Hill. You got that you got yeah. little word in for him, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. God yeah. bless him. Scoring yeah. a goal. Love him. Um, and the other one is, um, I know we bang on about it a lot, but um, this is my opportunity to say how proud I am of the club for their social media content and their programmes. Honest to goodness, that, that team works so hard and they get it so right so often. Um, we've had the recent... Now... We've had the recent. This is my cave thing for the <laughs> right. Okay, so I'm not too sold on the cave thing because right. it kind of m- makes us out to be Neanderthals, which we are not, right. um, mostly. Uh, but um, th- uh, watch a video like that, and you can't help but feel the butterflies, can you? No, absolutely, absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, and also um, the the programs are outstanding the award-winning weekend week, week yeah. the award-winning multi-award-winning yeah, yeah. program <laughs> um week in week out absolutely fantastic but um with the celebrations last weekend um weekend prior uh, just absolutely fantastic
1: yeah no I yeah, yeah. yeah you, you can't argue that and you know they've got an absolutely tiny team as well yeah they have. really yeah. small team um i mean i've worked with adam hume who, who, who started all this off or was part of starting this off he did a brilliant job but the guys have like, taken it on and, and, and running with it. And yeah, yeah, can't argue with
3: that. Uh, yeah, mine is, um, it's sort of coming to the time of year where you start seeing previews of what next season's kits are going to look like. And I'm really intrigued because obviously we're moving to uh, Iria, uh, the Italian sportswear oh, okay. manufacturer. Yeah, having, um, uh, I guess it hasn't quite worked out with Dry World, which I think is a shame. That's a shame. Because I really I think they've done a kit. beautiful job on that shirt and I d- and that you know it's a small thing but just you know having the hoops that go all the way around and having like a badge that's properly sewn into the shirt yeah. um, I do think you know that's important especially given where we've been with lack of hoops weird badge uh, so yeah, yeah I'm kind of weird badge. I'm, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic that, that they'll, they'll be able to continue in that vein um, but we'll find out soon hopefully
1: well yeah I, th- I think given the feedback after the, the, the the, the previous kit. I yes. don't think the club are going to go back to having one one hoop around the back. I mean, they're, 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 they've gone so far making it so. Yes. I, I don't think they're going to be held to ransom by a kit a kit makers saying we're just we're just going to do this. That well, way. hopefully that's why they've
3: gone for a slightly smaller one. Yeah. Rather than you know an Adidas or whatever that would just give us something off the yeah. off the shelf. here's the catalogue. cheese Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
1: Okay, my R's end. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a song. Don't worry, I'm not singing it. Um, <laughs> uh, in case you missed it, um, there's a little kid called Archie West who's done this fantastic tribute to Matt Smith. Um, if you haven't heard it, this is well worth a listen. Matt Smith is a giant. the giant of the team. Matt Smith is a giant. the giant of the team. Matt Smith is a Brilliant. I mean, you can't argue with that, can Beautiful. you really? <laughs> get, get that kid a megaphone. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay, yeah. right, before we go, we've got to have some predictions for Rotherham. Uh, Rotherham, who I think only won three times, one of them against us uh, all season. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's not take it too lightly, but... Yeah, I fancy them for the double.
3: We <laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> f- should win. I mean, we have you know the momentum and, yeah, they are a weak team, but... Rangers yeah famous last words eh? yeah. so
1: prediction score
3: um, 3-0 T- to QPR <laughs> <laughs> fatal poor yeah 3-0 3-0 um,
2: I'm going to go 2-0 we're going to keep our clean sheet because um, apart from last weekend we hadn't had one for a while so I'm going to go 2-0 yeah, I think it was
1: 25 games or something ridiculous.
2: Holy smokes!
1: Yeah, I I, I might be wrong there, so uh, stand corrected. But yeah, I'm I'm going clean sheet as well, so we're we'll definitely jinxed it now. And I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'm I'm going to go three 0 Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Done. Okay. Uh, this has been open all last Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.
0: UPR UPR. This Rangers.